He sat down beside me and leaned his entire body against me and put his chin on my shoulder. And that one blue eye was looking up at me. And I just kind of very slowly turned my head and whispered, Oh, goodness. So you're coming home with me, aren't you? <laughs> hey there. Welcome to Life Well Loved, the pet well-being podcast brought to you by Bella and Duke. My name's James Marriott. I'm your host as we adventure into the world of pet ownership with you and your cats and dogs. We'll be sniffing out expert knowledge from people like behaviourists, nutritionists and veterinary professionals as we explore how to do right by our pets. Covering everything from pet-centred nutrition to how to help them navigate the world around them. So, let's meet today's guest. Today we are talking about rescue dogs and we have a very special guest joining us today. Um, This is quite a list actually, author podcaster, radio presenter, TV host, not to mention, perhaps most importantly, dog mom. Please welcome Kim Lengling to the show. Welcome along. Oh, hello, hello. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. I think you could probably do a better job of introducing yourself than I just did. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself, Kim. Well, I am coming to you from the States. I'm in Pennsylvania. And as you said, I'm a dog mom. I I have a rescue dog. His name is Dexter, who is just full of vip and vim. And uh, he's just, he's my little sidekick. Uh, He's he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's one of those best dogs, you know, like everybody's dog is the best dog. Well, he's one of them. So he joins the ranks of best dog. As you said, I'm an author. I typically write nonfiction. Uh, My latest book out is called Paw Prints on the Couch, which is Stories from folks sharing about their rescue animals and how they've enriched their lives and impacted their lives in in some uh, pretty powerful ways. So I'm an author. I coordinate anthologies, which is another passion of mine. Radio show host. I'm a big advocate for veterans, as I am an Air Force veteran myself. So once a week, myself and another gentleman co-host a, a veteran, Voices for Vets veteran show on a local radio station here. I have a little TV show called The Right Stuff for Authors, and that's been on hiatus, but it's supposed to be bumping back up and getting getting ready to get going again in 2024. So looking forward to that. And, you know, other than that, I just like to keep busy. I, I volunteer a lot. A lot of my volunteer time is helping veterans in need, uh, those that are struggling and living with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. That's That's me in a small nutshell. So Kim, how do you find time to sleep in amongst all that? I don't sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> now that um, makes sense. That figures. That figures. I sleep maybe five hours, but I'm one of those people. I'm kind of high energy. I don't really need a whole lot of sleep. Now sometimes it catches up to me, but I'm I have I'm a person that struggles to just sit. I, I'm not one to just sit and do nothing. So mm-hmm. I like keeping busy. I'm I'm realizing how I'm kind of like a five six hour sleeper, and I'm very jealous of those people that can sleep for kind of eight nine hours. Because I try, I'll go to bed early, just wake up in the middle of the night. My body just goes, "Yep, that's it. We're done. Don't need any more. We'll be done. Yeah. Come on, yeah, I'll so get I'll be up. Yeah, it's like I, three a.m. We don't care. Let's go. <laughs> which which is not terribly dissimilar to life with a dog, which we'll um we'll 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 talk more about. So I'm looking forward to talking more about um Dexter. Looking um, forward to finding out more about the podcast. 
of course, want to talk about the book as well. But we were focusing a little bit on on this subject of uh, rescue dogs. I know it's something you're really passionate about. As we record this, it's um, close to we we describe it as being close to the Christmas period. You describe it as being around the holidays, same same time of year. Um, and it, it always it's always something that to me feels very timely around this kind of of year because there's always been this this thing around people getting you know puppies and pets for christmas which in a, in a lot of cases is a is a wonderful beautiful brilliant moment a lovely thing but sometimes it doesn't always work out and so we've seen in the in the past in the uk the uh, dog is for life not just for christmas campaign and this whole thing about dogs kind of finding themselves needing a new home at quite short notice all, all tends to feel very relevant this time of year why why are you so passionate about about this my dogs each dog that i've had has been a rescue that i've that i've gotten from a local shelter um and this the local shelter that's closest to me they are a kill shelter so uh, they do euthanize the animals after a certain period and so that's why i go there so if i can save at least one then you know I will spoil that dog and they'll have the best, you know, the best life I can give them. <laughs> but I'm passionate about it because first off, I feel, I don't know, I just feel so strongly about these animals that are given up or uh, rescued from other places, you know, from a hoarding situation or abuse or neglect situation because they don't have a voice and they're not, they didn't choose to be in a shelter in a kennel. And I don't believe that there's any bad dog. There's no bad dog. There's not great humans. And that's the problem. Um, so shelters are too full, I feel, are way too full um, with really, really good dogs. And if you give them a chance, and that's the thing, give them a chance. Let them live the life that they're meant to live because they're here for a reason, just like we are as humans. We're on this planet for a reason. So why not care for one another while we're here and so i choose to i choose to rescue dogs from shelters i love that i love that um i i, I sometimes wonder whether or not there's a an opinion perhaps it's a misconception that a rescue dog is is going to be more challenging so uh, you know, it's, a, it's a dog that's coming um sometimes from perhaps a difficult situation and therefore, some people worry, oh, you know, that might be too much, too much hard work. Kind of myth bust that for us a little bit. Dispel that that myth. Oh, goodness. With pleasure. <laughs> Is there work? There's work with any animal. There's work with any animal. So I don't want to hear that line. It's too much work with a rescue dog. That's BS. There's work with any animal. If you have an animal and you're going to be a, a wonderful pet parent no matter what you do have to train period you cannot expect the dog or animal to understand what you want and why you want it that's just silliness you're living in a dream world if that's what you think um there's a a thing that i go by 333 so with, with each dog that i've had in my life that i've got from a shelter it's three days three weeks three months right so those first three days that little turd bird is scared, anxious, doesn't know what's going on. They may or may not mess in your house. They're frightened. Their whole life, they just came from 
whatever situation that they were taken from or rescued from and put in a cage at a kennel where it's so loud, it's typically cement flooring and they might have a rug to lay on. I mean, it's just echoing with all these other dogs barking. They are so anxious. I mean, goodness gracious, I couldn't imagine the level of anxiety that some of these animals go through. So those first three, three days that you have them home, just let them be. If they're going to hide in a corner or under the coffee table or under the bed and they don't want to go out every time you want to take them out or they're not eating, leave them be. Let them settle. Just let them settle. Goodness, those, those poor little souls are traumatized. Let them settle. And after that three days, you're getting into the three weeks and you're starting your routine. You start your training gently. That's This is how I do it. Gently training, but start training immediately. Get a routine of um, feeding and walking and exercise. Exer all of that is so important. And they have to build their trust in you. So make sure they can trust you. And then by the time you hit that three months, their little personality should start coming out. Mm -hmm. As long as you've done all of your stuff on your side, as a good human should do, the dog is going to, you know, be like, oh, okay, so this is home. Okay, so I do belong here. Oh, this is my human. I want to please this human as much as I possibly can. You're going to have an absolutely amazing animal. Oh, my goodness. So 333, three, three. it's easy to remember. I love that. That's a, a great way of, um, of of looking at it. And um, uh, so much of what you say there makes complete sense. Tell us a little bit more about um, Dexter then you know he, he um i he, he seems to play quite a key role in a lot of things that you uh, a lot of things that you you do so tell us more about him well dexter's my office manager for one thing <laughs> i work from home so he's my <laughs> office manager and he has a portion of my website is just his because when i when people contact me it goes through dexter he screens all of my emails for me he's very good at this job <laughs> his his job is to let me know when it's time to take a break when it's time to go for a walk, when it's time to get a snack, when it's time to get a drink. He's very good at his job and he lets me know. But outside of that, he, he is a rescue. And I uh, I had had to say goodbye to uh, oh, my best boy. His name was Digger and I had him for 14 years and he was just amazing. And I tear up every time I still think about him. He's that he's that one for me. Everybody has that one in their life that you will early think of almost every day. He's that one for me. So it was about six months afterwards and I'm driving to work and I get this little whisper in my head saying, there's a dog out there that needs you. And I went, absolutely not. Nope. Can't do it. My heart is still crushed. And this little whisper kept coming. Still, there's a dog out there that needs you. Oh, it was persistent. This little voice in my head. And, uh, or wherever it was coming from. So I called my local shelter. I got to work, got online. There was one dog, which is so uncommon. There was one dog. He was very interesting looking. He had a black head, one blue eye, one brown eye, a fawn body, and white feet. And I went, wow, he's interesting. He's very, very unique looking. He'll fit perfect in my realm. Because so <laughs> I'm a little different too. So... I said, you know, I called, made an appointment to go see him and they put you, they give you this little room. It's called the visiting room and you go in there and they bring the dog in. So I went in and I decided, okay, this dog is going to have to choose me 
and that's all there is to it. So I go in this little tiny room and I sit on the floor and I said, okay, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to say a noise, make a noise, say a word, nothing. So the volunteer brings the dog in. He's so skinny and you could tell he's been very ill, super skittish and was just clawing at the door, wanting to get out, wouldn't even look at me. And I thought, okay, I'm just, I'm going to wake him out. I'm just going to sit. So I did. And eventually he started kind of like, you know, creeping real scared, like and anxious towards me. And he'd sniff my hand and then back up, go to the other side, sniff my shoulder back up. And then he'd go back to the door and put his head against the wall and hang his head. Oh, it was just, it was so incredibly sad. And I so wanted to say something, but I'm like, no, I'm not saying anything. He has to choose me. This went on for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Right. And boy, oh boy, 10 minutes can seem like a really long time. <laughs> but that went on for about 10 minutes. And he finally came up, sniffed me, and didn't jerk, didn't jerk away or try and, you know, claw his way out the door again. And he sat down beside me, and he's a large dog. He sat down beside me and leaned his entire body against me and put his chin on my shoulder. And that one blue eye was looking up at me. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of very slowly turned my head and whispered, Oh, goodness. So you're coming home with me, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, that's, how, that's how I met Dexter. And uh, the next night, because you have to wait 24 hours. So the next, next night I went and picked him up. And those first three days, he was so scared. So scared. And I just let him be. He was constantly trying to hide from me. He wouldn't look at me. You know, and so... After three days, though, I was like, okay, all right, buddy, this this is what we're going to do now. We're going to start doing it. And I was very gentle and trained because I train in German and um, I use hand signs as well, along with the German words. And I found that with me using hand signals with him, he was jerking away or throwing his body on the ground in fear. And so I thought, okay, he was obviously abused mm. in some way because they just said he was a stray. So I just took it so gentle and so calmly. Patience is huge. And, you know, here we are almost five years later. He's just awesome. (laughs) And he's spoiled rotten. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiled rotten. But yeah, he's my, he's my, he's my sidekick, my companion. Um, I live with PTSD and the dogs that I've had seem eventually, they, they seem to, after a time become very in tune with me right with uh and they will start nudging me or trying to get my attention before i realize like an anxiety's creeping in mm-hmm. you know so i'm very fortunate and, and super blessed that the dogs that i've had and now you know now i've got dex they they're just in tune with me and they keep me grounded and i can't imagine my life without a dog in it your your description of um, of Dex is amazing because I've 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 seen a photo of him and I can confirm he's he, he is an unusual looking dog like um <laughs> and, and I mean that in in a really positive way in terms of the fact that he just looks he, he just screams personality like this is not just your average dog there's you know there's 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 <laughs> real expression there there's there is genuine personality there. Is, is the rest of, of him, as you've got to know him over the years, does the rest of him kind of reflect that uniqueness in terms of how he looks? Yes. He's a <laughs> dork. <laughs> he's, he's a dork, but he's super smart. One thing I can't break him of, he eats deer poop. I just can't break him of that. I don't right. know why, but 
<laughs> he eats deer poop. That's his thing. Um, but other than that, he he is very smart. Um, he's he's not the best protection dog, um, and that's okay because he's good at other things. Okay. But when it comes down to it, like at nighttime, if he hears a noise, he'll do the big boy bark. But he loves like all the delivery people. He jumps in their vehicles. He's just like <laughs> another human. I love you all. <laughs> he's very exuberant. That's the word I like to use with people. Okay. <laughs> It's very exuberant. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, okay, Kim, um, tell us tell us a little bit about your book. So you mentioned it earlier, Poor Prince on the Couch, uh, which is a great name. But yeah, I'm intrigued. Anyone that's listening that that kind of thinks, hmm, what's that all about? Tell us, tell us a bit a bit more. Paw Prince on the Couch is my newest anthology out. It was released at the end of 2022. And it's a it's a collaboration with i have there's 10 different co-authors in there and they've shared their stories and some of them shared two stories if they had two pets about how their pets have changed their lives impacted their lives enriched their lives um there's one that talks about uh, feline leukemia and how she that's her now her passion is to care for cats with feline leukemia and to to be an advocate for that uh there was a, a story in there about a woman and her horse and she was hurt. She was physically hurt while riding the horse. And it took her a really long time to get back on the horse. But once that relationship was built, it changed her whole mindset and how she looks at not only the horse, but life. So there's a lot of lessons and a lot of tear jerking moments mm. in some of these stories. Because unfortunately, we have to say goodbye. It feels like way too soon with our pens. Mm. And their lives to us feel very short. I've always thought that, you know, as crushing as it is to have to say goodbye, you can't focus on that last day. You've got to focus on all the years prior because, oh my goodness, they were filled with so much love. Oh, just get y'all teary. But that, um, the stories in, in the book, in Paw Prints on the Couch, you're going to go through a range of emotions. And I've got a few stories in there of my own. And then the, the book is rounded out and it closes out with a dream that I had of my digger a few days after he had passed on. And uh, that's it closes it out that way. So digger visited me in a dream to let me know that he was in the best possible place and he took all my love with him. So. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> there you go. Just start crying. <laughs> You've got the, the, the podcast as well called Let Fear Bounce. Tell us a little bit more. That I started uh, at the beginning, you know, when the world changed, mm -hmm. the, that crazy pandemic thing we went through. I had lost my job along with millions and millions and millions of other people around the world. Yep. So I'm sitting at home going, what am I going to do? I've never found myself in this situation. And it's me. You know, I am my, I am, I am the one who takes care of me. So I'm going, all right, what am I going to do? What do I like to do? And what am I good at? And I also decided that this season in my life, I was not throwing out resumes anymore. Didn't want to. Okay. And I, I wasn't someone who was going to look forward to having someone half my age be my boss. So that was my mindset. So I thought, you know, what's this podcasting thing all about? So I literally Googled it. Had no idea. Two hours later, sat down at my really old laptop and recorded my first episode and wow. been going ever since. We're reaching, I'm closing in on 200 episodes now 
and uh, going on starting into my fourth year. And I call a year a season. I don't do the 13 week or anything. I just call the whole dang year a season. So, you know, the coming new year, uh, it will be season four, closing in on 200 episodes and let fear bounce. There was so much fear floating around in the world at that time. You could, you could almost smell it and taste it. And fear was being fed to us. And I'm not one to just blindly follow anything ever. So I just said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm letting fear bounce. This is not going to land on me. And that was a phrase that I kept using and sharing with people like, you know, oh my gosh, quit being so afraid. You got to let it bounce. You cannot let this, you cannot let this land on you. I think a lot of it, they want you to be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Face it. Look it right in the face. Let it bounce. Put your armor on. That's how I've envisioned myself. Armoring up and all those little poison darts of fear that were coming at you. They were pinging right off. Pinging right off my armor. Bouncing off. So that's why I started it. And the the folks that I have on are, they all have amazing stories. They come from every walk of life. All kinds of different levels of success. And they, they share how they've overcome their fears and how they've let it bounce or how their fear crushed them mm. and they came back from it. So just amazing motivational and inspirational people that I've had on. And I, I, I so look forward to every guest that I have because everyone is so different that it impacts me very strongly in, in many ways, in many ways. I just been, I've been ridiculously blessed to have all the amazing people on my show that I have. Amazing, amazing, and and so so many episodes there for people to kind of go back and um, and look up. On that note, if anyone is interested in finding out more about your book or finding out more about your podcast, what's what's the best way of people well finding out more about you, Kim? Best way is just go to my website, kimlanglingauthor.com. dot com. You can shoot off a little message through Dexter and he will <laughs> look through it and let me know that you're trying to contact me or he might even comment back to you on his own. Uh, so yeah, best place is just my website, Kim Langling. So it's K-I-M-L-E-N-G-L-I-N-G author.com. Thank you, Kim. And um, I think kind of knowing that you can get a message to Dexter is reason enough for people to uh, to visit <laughs> to visit your uh, to visit your website, that's awesome. It's been brilliant chatting to you and, and brilliant to hear a bit about your story. Obviously, hear more about um, Dex as well, and brilliant to talk about such a uh, a, a great um, and really relevant topic in terms of um, rescue dogs and, and and giving you know such special dogs that that second chance. So, thank you for joining us. It's been lovely to chat to you, Kim. Thank you for having me. Have an awesome day. Well, that wraps up this episode of Life Well Loved. Thank you very much for listening. You can find out more about us at bellaandduke.com and don't forget to hit follow so you get all our new episodes every fortnight. Thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye.